everybody. Welcome back to the second episode of Lighthearted. I am Anna McNeely. And I'm Bracey George. And we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. What's been going on this week? Anything exciting? Well, I don't know about exciting, but uh, we've been dealing with a little bit of um, puppy anxiety this week. Uh-oh. Yeah. Clementine <laughs> is... Um, She's a Black Lab uh, Weimaraner mix, and she's high energy generally, but we've been working outside, and our fence has been down for a little while, and so we've been letting them outside in the backyard a little less, but just um, to keep them from running away or anything. Right. And she has decided that now is a good time to start chewing things, like she did when she was a little puppy and i how old is Clem? she's 10 i, I just call oh, them God. puppy i call them all <laughs> puppies always they'll, they'll always be puppies to me yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah but she's just getting into everything and it's like it's always when we're upstairs and i don't know what to do about it but i'm really upset because she's she's chewed up a an ornament off the tree was it like a glass ornament? It was a fluffy like one. Um, it was like the mercury glass. I think is what it's called. It's like um, oh, no, yeah, those re- really light ones. Yeah, it was actually a, it was a an ornament that it was her. It's like a black lab ornament. <laughs> she did it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, Clem is dealing with something. That I I'm really not sure. She chewed up, up a, a blanket. Like her. But the worst one was. She chewed up, we, um, our friend group did our Secret Santa this week, and I got the Humans of New York coffee table book, which I've really wanted, and she took it off the coffee table and chewed it up. No, she didn't. Yeah, I mean, I ordered another one because I still really want it, but, um, that sucks. She chewed it to pieces, like, it was not even, like, not a little bit, it was in pieces all over the living room floor. Yeah. So oh that's what's happening in our household. Uh, how how are you doing? <laughs> Glam. Um, good. <laughs> um, I think the only thing exciting this week for me also involves a puppy. Uh, well, not really a puppy, but yeah, puppy because they're all puppies. Mm-hmm. Um, Millie got to so Taylor and I flew back to North Carolina on Saturday. Um, after a very tumultuous week of trying to decide if we should even go or not. Um, but our dog Millie got to come on the plane with us as an emotional support animal. And she did so well. I, cause it's really crazy because you can like get them approved through the airline and all this stuff and have the paperwork. And then, but the airline has the right to like turn you away at the gate. Really? Yes, which is crazy. Like that it's, I mean, the thing is, is I think they're, they base it off of like, is there enough space for them? And Millie's 75 pounds. So like, she's not like she can sit on her lap. Um, and they base it off of behavior. And so I get if like, there's a dog that is like being aggressive towards people or something like that. I mean, I guess I get that. And maybe that's mostly what they mean, but it was very stressful to be like, we might get to the airport and they're just going to be able like, to get sorry, she can't get on and we're going to miss our flight and then have to figure out what we're doing with her and like a whole thing. So you're so, anxious about it. So I was really anxious about it. Um, and I just wasn't sure she's, you know, I mean, she's pretty calm 
overall, I would say most of the time, but she gets super hyper when we haven't been able to exercise her and it's been raining and gray in Portland. So she hasn't really been outside other than just go to the bathroom. And so I was worried that being in a new space she's never been in before with a bunch of people, she was going to like get super, get the zoomies and be crazy. And people are going to be like, she's not allowed on the plane. She's insane. Um, and yeah, but thankfully she didn't. She was, she definitely like needed more attention than she normally does. Like when we're just in our apartment. Um, but she was pretty chill the whole time. And I have, I maybe not extreme flight anxiety. It's not like I, not to the point where I'm like, I can't get on a plane, but as soon as I commit to a trip, I start getting anxious about flying. Oh boy. Um, yeah, it's real fun. And so, yeah, I'm like super sweaty. Like it's a little hard. It's like a low key panic attack on the plane. Um, just shy I, of a panic attack. Just shy. It's like some, if something happened that it could push me over the edge for sure. Um, but she, be, her being there helped so much, like what, more than I thought it was going to. Um, because That's great. Since, yeah, with the like takeoff, all the like it's super loud, and she was like, you know, doing the dog thing where they're like tilting their head every which away, trying to figure out the the noise situation. And I was just so focused on making sure that she was okay that I like really wasn't thinking about it. That's and so I really great. like didn't feel anxious on the flights at all, which like hasn't happened. I don't know. Like, I mean, since I started flying, basically. Isn't that what an emotional support animal is for? That is, but I just didn't believe it, I guess, because I've never flown with her. Um, and whenever we were like on the descent of our first flight, I had pulled up the window, which normally I don't do because I don't want to see where how high up we are. Um, and she was so interested in it. She was like sniffing at the window and then she like very gingerly like put her paws up on my lap. Um, to like look out the window and Taylor oh. got a picture of it and it's really cute. Cause I'm so cute. It's like 2020 traveling. Cause I'm like mask, face shield, and then Millie's like on my lap and it's real cute. So cute. Making memories even in quarantine. Uh, yeah. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the highlight of 2020 for me. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. All right, so today we're going to talk about our growth stories. Since this podcast is about growth, we thought maybe everybody would like to hear all about how we view growth, um, what our growth has looked like over the past few years. Um, so our definitions of growth, I'm assuming, will be a little bit different. My personal definition of growth is heading in the direction of content, joy, happiness, fulfillment, all of those things that make you feel good. And I think that for everybody, that's going to look a little bit different. And I don't think it's ever linear. Um, at least for me, it's, it's yeah, never been linear. Not. But I, I think that what I personally hold on to is whether I feel like I'm heading in the right direction. Um, I think a lot of the time for me, that means challenging myself um, and seeking more than I currently have. And I guess that to me is kind of the basis of it is like looking for more and, and striving for more in any way that I can, whether it's big, small or in between. What about you? Beautiful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, um, I think 
for me, I think because I've only really started thinking about growth in the last like four or five years, maybe I think when I think about growth, I immediately think of being uncomfortable. And so I think in those moments where I'm doing something that makes me uncomfortable, but I know deep down it's like pushing me towards being a better, more honest, authentic version of myself then that's when I'm like, oh, I'm growing right now. This sucks <laughs> and I hate this feeling, but I know ultimately um, it's it's getting me to a better place. And so I think for me, it's just, yeah, like moving. I mean, similar to what you said, I guess, just probably not as eloquently, like moving towards um, being better than I was previously. But also I think not, and you know, I know we've talked about this of like, wanting to send the message like, yes, growth is important and it can be great and healthy, but also if you like where you're at is enough and who you are is enough and you don't need to be constantly looking for ways that you can improve yourself to like be okay. Like that's not necessary, but we just are really interested in it because we, it makes us feel better. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting that you associate growth. It sounds like to me most, mostly with uh, discomfort. Yes. <laughs> Do you think that you can grow in a place of like less discomfort? Like, is, is that possible? Or do you think that growth mostly comes from discomfort? I mean, I think I would like to believe that at some point I'll get to a place where I can feel like I'm growing and be comfortable or at least like not like a sweaty, nervous wreck. But as of right now, it's, and I think in the last few years, it hasn't felt like that. I feel like the, the only times, yeah, that I've at least, and and maybe it's me not recognizing other ways that I'm growing and I'm kind of ignoring some stuff and I'm feeling narrow-minded on like, if I'm growing and only in specific ways that I feel like I need to work on, but there might be outside people that are like, oh, look at you growing in this. And it's not something that I would classify as growth. Right. Well, I think it's just, it's so easy to identify the places you're growing where you are uncomfortable because it's obvious. Um, yeah, totally. But I think what, one of the things that I have had to actually force myself to look at is that there are places that I think sometimes your your gifts, you they're so ingrained in you and so natural to you that you just don't notice the areas where you're you're thriving and like crushing it because it's easy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I do think there, I think there's room for growth in those areas. I just don't think it's as obvious to us when it's happening, you know? Yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> All right. Do you want to tell us your, your growth story? Sure. Um, I think it's interesting that you said that you have only been focused on growth the last four or five years. And I was trying to think of, I guess I want to start with, the, the the first time I really thought about, I don't know if this would be considered growth, but it's, it's loosely tied. In high school, I remember just wanting to be a good person. Like I thought that mm-hmm. if I could figure out how to be like a good person, the best person I could be, then that would be like enough. And I think that's kind of where all of this kind of started for me because then, was that was that thought the best person that you could possibly be according to your standards? 
or was that um, like outward seeking? No, it was definitely outward seeking. I, I, okay. I think, I mean, I'm sure you and I are on the same page about this, but I don't think anybody comes out of childhood unscathed. Like we're mm-hmm. all a little bit damaged no, no, when, no. when, <laughs> yeah. when no we matter come out. how amazing your parents yeah. are and how hard they try. Like they, yeah. Yes, I have wonderful parents. They did everything they could, but I just don't think that any kid comes out without some type of something. So I think that it was absolutely outward seeking. And I think that that's something that I held on to for a while. Mm-hmm. But then after college, I started working and that kind of turned into, I want to do the best job I can do. And I want to set goals and hit them. And it was, it was basically like hustle culture. I worked really hard I wore my busyness with a lot of pride. Um, mm-hmm. The busier I was and the, the more I was getting done at work, the better off I was. And so that was a, a time for me where I was doing a lot of like goal setting and like trying to, I don't know, achieve, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I think that's like when I met you is like when Absolutely. that was, that was going on. So to me, I was like, oh, Bracey's going to be like CEO of a company. I mean, that's five years. That's what I, that's definitely what I probably would have told you too. Um, and it's crazy how it's, I wouldn't say it's changed, changed, but it's definitely way different now. Um, It's shifted for sure. Yes. And because of all of that, I ended up pretty much totally burnt out at one of my jobs. And I was working like between 65 and 80 hours a week and it was not pretty. Yeah. Not pretty at all. And luckily I was able to leave that job and, and go into something where I was more comfortable. But in that comfort, I just felt like I was missing something. And I was, I was very just dissatisfied with where I was Mm -hmm. and it didn't matter what I changed. I just wanted more and I couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, so I actually ended up quitting my job and, Post corporate, I did a lot of, I tried a lot of different things. Um, but essentially Which, what I was. Can we pause for one second? Like, sure. Like, what was that even like? Like, to be, <laughs> you're like on this really specific hustle culture trail of like, I'm going to work my ass off and I'm sorry, mom, for cussing. And <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be CEO by the time I'm 35 or whatever. That was, and then all of a sudden you're just like, I'm quitting. I know I'm sure it wasn't an all of a sudden decision, but like, what did that feel like? Oh gosh, it was the hardest and easiest thing I think I've ever done. Um, I, uh, this is how the conversation went. I was feeling like I was missing something. I didn't know what to do about it. I was talking to Seb about it and he looked at me and he said, we have plenty of money. You know that you don't have to work, right? And I was like, What? <laughs> Which, like, like, what a gift, honestly. Oh, he is an angel. Like, truly <laughs> heaven sent. He's the greatest. But I looked at him and was like, what are you talking about? Like, are you kidding me? That's not even, it was not a thought on my, in my brain. And, yeah, it's not on your radar. At yeah. All. And he said, you should quit. Like, if you don't want to, if you're not happy and you can't figure out how to make yourself happy, like, just don't do it. And so. <laughs> so simple. I know. He's he, like, this is easy, crazy. Just quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, which then, you know, my overthinking brain started to tailspin, but it, it didn't sound like a bad idea. And right around that time, I was learning a lot about, 
um, starting my spiritual journey, which I'm sure I'll talk about at some point too. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I really wanted to trust my gut and my gut was telling me that I should quit. And it was insane. It didn't make any logical sense for me to just quit working after I had worked so hard at something that I thought I yeah. wanted. Um, but I truly, I think that it was the best decision I could have made for myself. Um, it's been a roller coaster since then, but, um, I've done a lot of, I've tried a lot of different things. I've done a lot of, a lot of different projects and essentially what I'm working towards and I'm still not there yet. So this story is kind of unfinished, but I just want to work at something that I'm passionate about. And so I tried blogging. I did a little bit of coaching on the side. I've been a consultant. Um, I've done some stuff in retail and yeah, it's been crazy. Um, and then also along with that, um, on my, uh, spiritual path, I've been working with a coach, um, connecting to myself, doing a lot of meditation, journaling, um, and just kind of leaning into the idea that this path is nonlinear and trying to trust that whatever is meant to happen will happen and I'll meet it when it does. So that's me. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to talk a little bit about your growth story? Yeah. Well, and it's so, I mean, it's not shocking that our growth stories are different. Um, Well, I feel like mine is kind of the like craziest, not craziest, but it's not. It's very different from any, at least anybody I know personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I really just, I, I think when I say like, oh, I just started thinking about growth like four or five years ago, I'm being totally honest because I grew up thinking and believing that you just are the way you are. And there's not really any like rhyme or reason for those things. You're just born that way and you can't change it. And that's just how it is. So I, you know, I didn't really realize until I started going to therapy um, in my mid twenties when I was in grad school, I had like a lot of, I had some family stuff going on and it just like gotten out of a relationship and was starting grad school and was like, Oh my God, I'm like dealing with a lot of stuff. I need somebody to talk to. Um, and it truly was like the most valuable three years of my life. Probably I mean, spoiler alert, point. both of us are big advocates of having somebody to talk to. That's a third party. We- Yes. So pro therapy, it's like my number one advice for anybody dealing with anything or not dealing with anything currently, because at some point in your life, you will be dealing with something. Honestly, if you don't think that you're dealing with something, probably you just haven't looked hard enough. (laughs) It's there. It's underneath that you Mm -hmm. just, you're ignoring it, which is, is an issue that maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just, I, and I, I went to grad school for social work. Um, and so that it was definitely tied in. But so I was like learning about patterns and reactions and the emotions and all these things that I just, I just didn't, I don't, I didn't know they existed really because I didn't grow up in a family that talked about those kinds of things in any way. Um, and yeah, so learned, you know, I, I am the way I am because of the family unit that I grew up in and the experiences and so, you had. Yes. And so, you know, me being, I really clung to being quiet 
um, and kind of like feeling like I was a mysterious person when I was like middle school and high school and maybe some of college that I kind of enjoyed that people didn't know what I was thinking. And I, I, I didn't, I did also didn't realize I had anxiety until I had been in therapy for a couple of years. And my therapist, I was like, I think I was talking, I literally said like, Oh yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like everybody I know has anxiety and I just feel so lucky that I don't. And she literally laughed and was like, Oh, Anna. <laughs> I mean, I get That's it. That's not true. I feel like until you realize the exact feelings that you have that you can associate with them with the word anxiety, that it doesn't, mm -hmm. it's easy to miss it. Yeah. It, Totally. Yeah. And so, and I think now it's been interesting to like, once I've accepted like, oh, I have anxiety, like looking back at all these behaviors that I had as a kid or just the way that I interacted with people, I was like, oh, I was being really quiet because I was anxious that I might say something stupid or yes, I used to not eat in front of my high school boyfriends because I was so, I was too nervous to eat. Like, oh my God, this is such an embarrassing story. But I remember my like first ever like serious boyfriend, his name's Walker. We were going to the juniorettes dance and he, I'm though from what I remember, it was a surprise. I didn't know he was, we were going to dinner beforehand. Um, and even if I did, I wouldn't have said no because I would have been too nervous to like be like, no, I don't want to do that. And so we go to Olive Garden, which... Who doesn't Garden. love Olive Garden? It's all <laughs> wonderful salad, great breadsticks. Who doesn't love? Who doesn't love Olive Garden? And I did not order anything. What? He, and it was so weird. I know it's like mortifying to look back on, but it, in the moment, I'm like, it would be more embarrassing for me to order food and eat in front of him than to be like, I'm not hungry. Like literally, didn't eat anything, and he like ordered food and ate, and I was just like, I'm not hungry. So embarrassing. Wow. Um, but yeah, looking back on things like that, it, I have the same experience that where I now can recognize that a lot of my behaviors from back then were anxiety based. Mm -hmm. And now I have the word for it. Yeah, totally. And I feel like if people, you know, sometimes people ask that question, like, oh, if you could go back and tell your younger self, like one thing, it would be like, hey, this is anxiety. This is it. You should, let's work on this because right. this is what it is. And it's going to rule, rule your life in a lot of ways. If you let um, it. If you let it, that's true. It's hard not to though sometimes. That's true. Um, but yeah, so I think really in therapy is where I did so much of my growing and realized, um, which I mean, I guess I'm, I'm in a pretty observant person. I enjoy that role. Um, but I think when I was younger, it had, I have two older sisters. And so it had more of, um, not a survival mode in the sense of like, I didn't grow up in like a dangerous house or anything like that, but I was able to observe what my older sisters were doing and how my parents were reacting to those things. And then could course correct based on like the type of response I wanted to get from them, which was like only positive responses. Of course. Um, so I could avoid doing things that my sisters did that elicited a negative response from my parents. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. But I think in that, I really got good at pretending I was always fine. Um, and that translated into 
a lot of difficulties in my like friendships and in my romantic relationships that I just kind of expected people to be able to read my mind. Um, or because, and it was like totally putting it on these other people of like, I just want you to know, you need to just know what my needs are and what I want. And I don't have to say it because I was too afraid to, but in, but it took me a long time to realize that, that I just was like, Oh, I want people to just know if they know me and if they love me, they'll, yeah, if they love me enough, they'll understand. Or if they love me enough, they should know exactly what I want or whatever it is. Definitely. And so, um, even though it's still super difficult for me because I'm trying to undo years and years of these patterns and habits that I've developed. Um, I'm w- much better now at asking for what I need um, and what I want. And I've had a lot of corrective experiences in my friendships and with Taylor of like, Oh, I can ask for what I need and this person will give it to me and not be, not be like, wow, you need so much. You're so needy. Like, um, you're not needy. I know we don't you even have say needs. that word in our relationship. We have needs, as <laughs> we say to our other favorite one is when I'm like, I just feel sensitive right now. Taylor's like, No, you have sensitives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Taylor. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of. I feel like I kind of was all over the place. Uh, um, but yeah, having needs is normal. It's totally human, and it's okay if it takes you a little while to understand that. <laughs> and therapy rules. Yes. Plug for therapy every time. Right. I think this is interesting too, because my growth is, uh, my growth story is pretty much solely centered around work and Mm -hmm. work and worth. Like those two things are very mixed up for me. Um, And it sounds like yours is very centered around like personal relationships and (laughs) um, worth as well. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Worth is a big thing. And it's, interesting where different people put their worth and mm-hmm. I, for a long time I struggled with I, like I knew that I had a problem with associating work and worth I just didn't I literally couldn't logically understand where if 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 my worth wasn't coming from what I was doing where it came from I didn't understand it and mm, yeah. it took me a long time to internalize that like j- just because you're a human being you're worthy yeah. You exist well, and you're worthy. And I bet that with Seb kind of like saying, you know, we're fine. You don't have to work in your brain. You're like, but what will I be worth to you? Well, I'm not bringing home a paycheck or honestly, not, yeah, go ahead. the, the biggest blessing to me is that I never questioned it with him. It's just everybody else. So at least mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a lifeline at home. I don't think I honestly don't think I could have done it if that, if it were different, because then I would have just been totally vulnerable in my most important relationship and I would have been yeah. a mess. But yeah. even still, even with that, I, it pretty much broke my brain with having to go from, okay, all of my worth is centered around what I do to not doing anything. Who am I if right. I'm not doing anything? And that's yeah. been, it's been a huge deconditioning process and learning process. And it's very important. And it's hard for me most of the time to talk about how doing nothing has been the most important part of my growth story, but it is. It's like, it's quitting and not doing anything has been more beneficial to me to learn than anything else I've ever done. Yeah. 
which is crazy. <laughs> it is, but yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing though. Yep. Healing sometimes looks weird to other people. Well, and not like what our society tells us. Oh yeah. That's it's tough when you're trying to do something that is um not what other people expect because not only are you fighting what for yourself and like for what you need, but you're also fighting other other people's expectations and mm-hmm. um assumptions about you and it's crazy. Yeah. And it's so hard to turn your brain off of those oh, things yeah. and, and rewiring your brain. Like it takes so much time. Yep. It does. But it's worth it. But yeah, and here we are. We're doing <laughs> we're doing a little better. We are. Better every day. Yeah. So what would you say like that now your kind of personal growth development routine is? Do you have a routine? I don't I wouldn't say I have a routine because routines are hard for me. I'm not a very consistent person and trying to stick to the same like thing every day is just, it hurts me a little bit. But that being said, I basically look at it as like, if I'm doing something to help myself grow every day, every other day, then I'm, I feel like I'm in a good situation. So to me, that sometimes looks like listening to an educational podcast. I love podcasts. I listen to hours and hours of podcast content. So I guess I'm warmed up for this um, podcast. <laughs> so you your recommendations. Brace right. got you. Yeah. Especially in the personal development category, I can definitely help you out. Um, I look to Instagram for, I have my Instagram pretty well curated for the information that I really want to consume, the content I really want to consume. It's something that's important to me that I only am looking at things that I want to be looking at and not things that are, they're out of obligation or, um, just fluff. Uh, mm-hmm. so a lot of my Instagram content is, um, motivational or self-help or things like that. I read a lot of self-help books and I love them so much, um, which we will absolutely talk about at some point on the podcast. Um, and then I also have things like studying human design. I take courses online all the time. Um, I, you know, meditate, pray, things like that. Um, and I also just kind of, really allow myself to go with the flow. So instead of forcing myself to do anything every single day, I kind of take it, I I let my intuition guide me. You know, if I feel like working on something human design related, I'll do that. If I feel like reading a book, I'll do that. And if I don't feel like anything, doing anything, then I just won't because I don't want, I don't ever want to force myself into this sort of growth situation. I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. So what about you? I. I feel like for me, yeah, I wouldn't say I have like a routine or anything. Um, I think trying new things for me is part of my growth. Or yeah. It feels like, yeah, I feel like I'm being productive. Um, I would say too, along the lines of not, not forcing things like every couple of weeks, I'll allow myself a day of doing like absolutely nothing and having no obligations to anything. And that is really really fills my bucket up. <laughs> yeah. It's um, important. Yeah. Definitely listening to podcasts, reading books a lot. I think I don't read a ton of self-help books and I think it is because they make me uncomfortable. Like, oh, I remember, interesting. I remember when I read, um, Brene Brown's book, the gift of imperfection. Love her. 
love her so much. Renee, we'd love to have you on. Oh my gosh. Um, Dream. And I remember reading it and a couple chapters in was just kind of like, you know, like this is just, I don't know. I feel like this isn't, this isn't for everybody type of thing. (laughs) And I, and then like, and I was like, yeah, I just like didn't love this book. And I was surprised because I love Brennan Brown so much. And then after I like thought about it for a couple of days, I was like, oh, I didn't like this because it forced me to think about how I am treating myself and how I'm thinking about myself and all of that. So it, yeah. So I, I sometimes avoid it because right. I'm a bit of an avoidant person. <laughs> Honestly, we already have a, a episode slotted for avoidance because I'm also very avoidant of things yeah. that it's hard not to just avoid the things that you need to address because it's easier to do that. Yeah. It's easier to just keep, keep chugging along and just kind of turn a blind eye to the things that you probably need to be focusing on the most. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. So you have, have you tried anything else since that book? No, absolutely not. And that was like the beginning of this year. But I think in quarantine, I was like, all bets are off. I'm just trying to survive. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Um, have you read You Are a Badass? I have not. Okay. But I like the name and I like the cover a lot. It, uh, yeah, it's a, it? it's a nice looking book. Um, also, she's very funny. And so I think that okay. it makes it makes the growth parts more palatable. So I would highly recommend that one. I think that's honestly the best intro personal development book. Okay. I'll put it on my early 2021 book list. Yeah. And those are our growth stories. So thank you everybody so much for listening. And if you guys want to follow along on Instagram, we are at lighthearted pod and we'll talk to you guys next week. See you next time.